it's realizing what the real value of of what you are to your business, um, reflecting that back upon upon the value that you actually reflect to your family. Welcome to the business behind your business conversations to help your business grow and thrive. Hi, I'm Paul Sweeney, founder of Predium Solutions, chartered accountants and certified business advisors hosting the business behind your business. I'm talking with financial advisor Jim Mills. Now we've spoken to Jim before on the podcast. It was great to have another chat with him. And we were talking about effective ways that businesses can scale uh, to create growth. They can diversify by bringing in other income streams and, and also looking at how you increase the value on sale or exit from your business. So. During this conversation, uh, which sort of flowed quite naturally for us, um, we raised this concept of key person risk and why so much risk ties up with the business owner and how that can be a problem for you. But we also, Jim also comes up with some great ideas about how you can reduce that risk and that reliance. And um, yeah, yeah, you might be surprised just how big the risk is for your business. So it's something really important to look at. We really enjoyed talking about this, and but I think it's a critical thing for everybody to start unlocking the value and look at um, really how that business of yours can operate without you and why you can free yourself up. So it's a great conversation. Jim has some great things to share and I hope you enjoy it. The key thing that whole idea of growing a business, um, you know, you as a professional, you can't just rely on doing the one thing. Otherwise, no, you just yeah. have a job and you have no nothing saleable at the end, which is yeah, that's right. I mean, the other the other big drama that you see people have, unless they grow, they they run themselves into the ground, right? Yeah, yeah, like they just they, they are the revenue raiser until the day they either sell it and or or die. <laughs> Although, you know, if they, if they are the only revenue raiser when they do come to a point of selling, mm. there's nothing to sell because <laughs> you take yeah. that person out of the business, there, there is nothing left. That's and that, right. That's a situation you want to avoid and that's why you, you have to have a yeah. plan and you have You've to plan. You've got to. Mate, I was in an Uber months ago and um, the driver was a family uh, lawyer who ran his own practice for years and years and years, but there's no saleable value to mm. his business. So... He, uh, he obviously retired. He didn't extract enough wealth along the way and um, didn't have enough uh, revenue and had to go on Uber drive. And this guy was like a, like a very successful family lawyer, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, in, in his, you know, when a time when he should have been relaxing and enjoying his retirement. So yeah, it's, it's a lesson, um, you know, for, for all of us, make sure there's, there's, uh, there's some kind of saleable aspect to your business. Mm. I mean, there isn't, I mean, you know, some people's businesses just aren't, are they? Well, I guess in a way, it's it comes down to how you actually set it up. So even even with that kind of um, very business that's very dependent on a on a single person, there are mm. ways to, um, to I guess to scale the delivery. So um, we've talked about um, your you know writing eBooks and publishing those. Um, sure, interesting. So you can publish, you can sort yeah. of leverage off that expertise and create. I guess a passive income stream. Some people do that really well. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so there are ways to do it, but again, it comes back to this idea of you have to plan for what you're going to mm. do and look at uh, different ways of, of maintaining mm. revenue. Because you know, mm. if you the business only depends on you, there's nothing to sell at the end of the day. And and what and what a load of what pressure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, suddenly you come from generating the income, and then you stop work, the tap turns yeah. off, and you've got to rely on 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 the uh, on your superannuation and your other benefits. And yeah, if you haven't survive. been putting attention into that, if you haven't been extracting that wealth throughout the time, you're mm. going to end up with, uh, well, not you know, having to live or accept a lifestyle less than what you want because you mm. have provided for it um, while you've been growing your business. Um, and multiple product lines of revenue is an interesting thing, isn't it? You know, to be able to take the pressure off the others and ensure that you've got the appropriate kind of, uh, you know, levers pulled to... Survive different. It's diversification, just like investment. Mm. You know, you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket or in one person. Key person risk, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how how do you think? Um, say your your typical small business person can avoid that um, key person risk. How do they? What are some of the things you've seen that people do to reduce the reliance on a sole person? Oh, look. Um, in terms of key person, like. Uh, in, in terms of business management, it's actually ensuring that you don't have that key person risk if you can't if you can handle it. Like sometimes small businesses are too small and you can't. You have to have a key person in play, you know, and you do have to rely on that person because you've only got two or three staff or something like that. But um, uh, you know, if if the business cash flow is warranted and the revenue that key person is generating that's where key person insurance comes into play right so you might look at that person what the what kind of revenue they're responsible for for 12 months and consider if something happened to them you know like you know we've got to think about the worst kind of things what's going to happen they're going to burn out and leave um or they're they're going to quit you know um that's hard to sort of protect against unless you've got other employees and training in place and probably procedures, a procedure manual and, and appropriate training um, uh, sort of provisions in place. But otherwise, you know, death and total permanent disability and, and uh, like diagnosis of serious illnesses and things like that, life insurance is going to fix that up. Yeah, so that's, where, that's what key person is, key person mm. insurance is. It's very simply death, TPD, total permanent disability, trauma insurance. Um, you know, you calculate it could take me six months to replace this person so what's the revenue this person generates in 12 months divided by two? That's what they should be insured for, you know, and the company owns the policy and, and whether it's, if it's against revenue, it's key person revenue. And if, uh, if, if you're trying to cover off debt, it's key person capital and they've both got different tax um, ramifications in, in, in terms of, uh, of, of how that works, as you know. So, you know, that, that's as simple as it gets. It's so not complicated. I think business insurance is, is probably the most over-fluffed um, sort of strategy because it's so simple, you know, that's, that's all key person is. Mm. Business succession is just what's the total value of the business, what's your percentage ownership and what's it going to take to buy that shareholding out of somebody else? Well, that's the sum insured, isn't it? Death, TPD and trauma insurance or critical illness, you know, um, that's it. And just putting that in place and understanding what the cost is, if the cost makes sense, then people should do it. Yeah, well, that's right, and and it's it's ensuring against those those types of events which uh, have a high chance of happening to somebody in your business. Mm. We, we hear so many stories of of business owners who have been affected or had a key person affected by um, mm. 
permanent <clears throat> illness or, or disability yeah. and yeah. the business doesn't recover from it, but you can take steps to plan for that. Um, when you look at the cost of this stuff, you know, it's, it's interesting. So I'll see a business partnership where you might have an elderly um, partner, maybe they're 70 or something like that, or, or, and then you've got a 40-year-old. And the 40-year-old is wondering what's going to happen if the 70-year-old falls off the perch. You know, and the and the seven year old is is kind of not so worried, but you you can't insure this guy, <laughs> but you can insure this guy. So you know, there's there's disparities of of and the different business partners are are all wondering where their um you know what, what's the most important thing, how much does it cost to the business revenue, and they think it's almost like an afterthought because really they're concentrating on running the business and the revenue, and and they're trying to uh, minimize expenses and 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 then at the end of the day, they've got to get their head right around what, what sort of disaster could happen unless we, if we can't buy that person shareholding, you know, and, and if we can't insure against it, if we can't have a revenue um, kind of uh, trigger plan, what are we going to do then? Then the finance, uh, the, you know, bank loans and all that kind of stuff. So it seems to be like <laughs> there's a lot of things for a small business or a medium sized business owner to consider. Um, mm. There's a trap there that, as the owner of the business, you try and do everything all by yourself. Mm. I think, and and it, what's coming through here is the need to actually get advice from appropriate people that are experts yeah. in those fields. Yeah. Uh, one because they know what they're doing, but two because mm. it's a much more efficient process than yeah. trying to learn all of these things yourself. And each time you you're away, you're learning a new process. You're taking time away from running yeah. your own business. Yeah, and it's objective, right? So. If you can't be objective in business, then if you can't take the, if you can't outsource the stuff that you're not amazing at, you know, you, you're stuck at trying to do it yourself. And we've already got 50 hats on our heads. Yep. So, you know, there are professionals out there that make a lot of sense, you know, and that's, that's the team. That's the, that's the business team. So it could be, it could be a financial advisor and an accountant, a solicitor, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a mortgage broker or a private banker. Um, you know, you've got the people around you to be able to sort of cover all bases, you know, so to, just to keep you afloat. And that's like any, any amazing like uh, professional sports person has got a coach, right? Um, no matter how good they are. And they're probably better at that sport than the coach is but they've got a coach to keep them online and keep it objective because it's very hard to be objective with money um, when you, when you sort of slaving over it and trying to make things work every day in, in terms of uh, cash flow and staff management. And, and uh, you know, all of a sudden there's, there's a, there's COVID all over the world and you know, what do you do now? You know, it's, it's pretty comforting to have a good team around you, I reckon. Yeah. So what are some of the main reasons you seen for people not um not insuring their key risks in their business or not planning for it are we talking about um cost are we talking about uh, apathy or just lack of knowledge oh look no one everyone feels invincible um Mm. and this is the thing like um in terms of insurances, like it's one thing, you know, um, and it's it's a it's a grudge purchase. No one wants to pay insurance premiums. Um, it's a roll of the dice. Either either you're going to get sick or you're not. The insurance company is going to take your money for premiums and never pay you, or vice versa. And the worst thing that we continuously encounter, because we pay claims all the time, like we we don't, and it's not even a matter of um uh of of the client having 
the appropriate insurances. It's actually fighting the insurance company. So there's a few things going on, right? There's a lot of bad press. So people think, is it worth what I'm paying for? Is There's a level of doubt. The second one is I'm healthy. You know, I, I, I have my green juice every morning and, and I jog and, you know, and, and, and nothing's ever going to happen to me. But that's not true. You know, knock on wood, it, it is. Knock on, knock on wood, it's true. But um, I've had a lot of good, good people, healthy, healthy, young people, cancer, 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 all over the place. Uh, mental health um, is huge. Uh, you know, in in um, uh, you know, in, in the sort of uh, labour uh, in, industries like builders and whatnot, backs. You know, these aren't these aren't fake illnesses. These people have had injuries and or they've had major sort of stress breakdowns. Or cancer seems to be a huge one. Um, it just happens, you know. So when that happens, the the, the world falls apart. You know, the the threat of the threat to your family of you not being there is financially is one thing. Emotionally, it's something else all entirely. But financially, we can actually protect against that. Yes, cost comes into it for sure. Um, older you get, uh, the more expensive it is. You know, it's as simple as that. The, the actuaries out there have calculated the likelihood of different age brackets um, falling into these things like, like women and breast cancer, like really from about 50 to 60 it's just through the roof um you know men prostate cancer starts in the 50s um you've got heart attack for for men it just goes through the roof like the 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 chances of it happening are pretty severe over the age of 80 it's one in two people are going to have dementia you know what i mean so we don't want, but if you, if you live your life thinking that this is going to happen every second day, it's pretty miserable life, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you don't want to think about it. So that's probably it. It's probably people don't want to think about it. They don't want to pay the money for it. They wonder whether it's worth what they're paying for because of bad press. Um, yeah. And, and you know what the other thing is? A lot of the time people never talk to them about it. So they've never had the opportunity to actually address it as a problem, you know? So my biggest regret always is every time one of my clients um, has a claim and, you know, we, we, there's a, that's a lot of the time because we just do insurance as a matter of fact. It's not, a, it's not something that we, um, we try to push or, or, or labour over. It's like we build a wealth plan and as a matter of fact, there's some insurance protection against it. My biggest regret is every single time that one of my clients has a claim that I didn't insure them for more money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we can take steps to plan for these things to happen. And, and it's part of that, that mm. overall wealth creation strategy, which is why you're in business. Yeah. Um, so there are steps we can take in terms of insuring that risk, but we can also take steps in terms of um, reducing reliance on a key person in the business. Yep. About that, yeah. Three it's not just three. insurance, you know. I mean, it's it's definitely procedures and and um, training uh, and and making sure that not just one person is is in in charge of your world. Right. Wow, and sometimes not so not so easy to do. No, I think we have trouble letting go, but I think. Um, as you do create that business that doesn't rely on you as the owner, you're creating mm. a business that, that there's more value in the sale. There's, yep. more, um, there's more lifestyle during the time you're running the business. So you've mm. got the ability to walk away from the business and has, have time with family, have those holidays, have those things you enjoy. Um, yeah. And you're also 
are relying on or are utilizing the the skills and expertise of other people to help you create a, a strong asset so there's mm. a lot of reasons to to scale your business and reduce the reliance on you um, absolutely we can ensure to a point but we can also create that value independently by the choices we make 100 percent, paul we go into business because we want freedom right yes and then we become slaves and unless we grow unless we scale yeah. scale scaling your business is freedom it's actually yeah. the reason why you went into business in the first place without you even realizing it you know if we don't scale if you don't build your resources and, and your processes around bringing good people um, that are never going to be as good as you. That's one of my other things. No one is going to be as good as you because, you know, that's why you went into business because you're really good at it. No one will ever be as good as you. <laughs> so if you, when you accept that and, and get over it and start building your business with the appropriate systems and processes in place, you know, that's freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. So <laughs> the big takeaway talking about scaling your business and, and, and protecting that value, what's the big takeaway you've got for us today? I guess... Um, I guess it's, uh, it's, it's realizing what the real value of, of what you are to your business, um, reflecting that back upon, upon the value that you actually reflect to your family and thinking about what, what that means. And it's, it's certainly worth a conversation around putting protections in place. Um, and in terms of scaling, it's, uh, I, think it, I think it comes back to really looking inside yourself and saying, why am I a business? Why did I go in business in the first place? You know, what's my purpose? What am I passionate about? And, um, uh, you know, and, and what does this mean moving forward? And if, unless you want to be a slave to the rigmarole of business, you have to scale. You have to scale. You work yourself into the ground and maybe you'll be happy doing that, you know, but other people might not. And if, if they want to grow, they've got to scale. Absolutely. Mm. Some great advice there for us today, Jim. Thanks for joining us. It's been wonderful to talk to you again. And we'll look Pleasure forward to catching up with you in the future for some more um, insightful advice on growing value as a small business owner. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Do you have a question you'd like our team of experts to answer? If you do, send your question to podcast at thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com. To hear more from The Business Behind Your Business, don't forget to subscribe using your favourite podcast player. Or you can visit thebusinessbehindyourbusiness.com website.